For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. <laughs> Hoping beyond hope that there was not going to be a test on it. Because we too answer yes as we listen to these parables and are not completely sure we get them all. But I bet if I were to ask you if you can remember the time, the day, or the gospel reading, or the epistle, after hearing which you said, you know what? I'm a Christian. I get it. That it's not about my mom and dad taking me to church, me going to Sunday school, hearing all of these things, that, you know, this is my faith, that I'm sure each of you will have an occasion, a Sunday school teacher, a reading, a sermon that made you say, you know what? This is my own faith. And yes, I get it. And for me, the start of this was in fact when I heard this reading, heard it properly for the first time. And I was 9, 10, or 11. And hearing, I, I did not understand them all, but hearing the different parables, I realized that Jesus was offering us each something that we could understand to tell us about the kingdom of God, that what a generous God we have that recognizes that we all don't learn in the same way. And for me, this was an amazing thing because I had been through an education system up until that point where we learnt by rote learning. And so in preparation for exams, we would be going with each other and we'd be saying, in 1920, something, something, period. And so, comma, and so, and so, and so, full stop, and so, and so, question mark. And that was what we gave back on the exam. And if you had it exactly right, that was when you got a perfect score. So to have a God who realizes that we don't all hear stories in the same way. We don't all learn in the same way. Not every story impacts us each. That some of us would hear of the mustard seed and their gardeners, right? And so for them hearing 
about a mustard seed, recognizing the many times they have planted something, a small seed, and have cared for it and have watched it grow into the most beautiful plant or a tree that gives fruit for years to come or even to plant and not to see the tree they have planted, but to believe that it will offer shade to those who come after them. Now, I am not a gardener. In fact, when I lived in Cape Town, I might have told you this, that I would sometimes wake up and find my mom hard at work in my garden because she was so embarrassed that people would know that this was her daughter's yard that looked so bad. That's how gardening and I get along. But when I heard this, we had just had an opportunity to have our first garden in the primary school I was at in Lesotho. And I had planted beans. And I mean, really, it was like a wing and a prayer. I threw those poor seeds in the ground, I gave them some water, and I was like, God, the rest is up to you. <laughs> and we had beans, and beans, and beans, and beans. And I was amazed because I knew that those beans could not have come from those two or three seeds I put in the ground, and yet they did. And that is God's kingdom. It is that little thing that we do. Just that tide that is sown in our hearts that makes us look at one another and see God's children. It is that baby born in a manger, not a palace that shows us God's love. It is our Messiah not being riding on a huge white steed living in palaces, but riding on a donkey mixing with the common folks. It is our God silently moving in the most awful of places with the lepers, with the outcasts, with the poor. It is our God healing and teaching the little seeds that plant God's kingdom that then overwhelms us with its glory and beauty. I understood this reading because I had just started loving to watch the domestic, our domestic worker when she made bread and watching her knead the dough and put in a few sprinkles of yeast that disappeared into the dough. I mean, there was nowhere where the yeast was saying, it's me, it's me, rising, making this thing raise. But with that little yeast, that dough that she first mixed, then rose enough to fill three pans so that we had delightful homemade bread for the whole week. That our God 
is like that, like that little yeast that doesn't yell out, see me, listen to me, know me. Our God is that still, small voice that speaks to our spirits and calls us to gather together as we are gathered today. It is that small act of love that shows the world a pretaste of God's kingdom. Last week, I was fortunate enough to be part of the All Saints group that went out on the lake with refugee ministries and was part of a small community that then gave these young people space to jump into the water, to ride water skis, to be in boats, to splash and enjoy a day of freedom. Young people, many of whom had had to flee their homelands as little people who are now in a country that is not their own and yet There they were, being loved and cherished and cheered on and admonished and fed by people who looked nothing like them, who didn't speak their own language, but were a taste of God's kingdom. That we are the taste of God's kingdom to one another. When we look at one another and we see a daughter or a son of God, when we see a brother or sister in Christ, we are that kingdom that we can't even imagine that we have a God who looks at each of us and sees a pearl of great price. Because I think when Jesus starts talking about the pearl of great price, then he is talking both about God's search for us and our search for the kingdom. That God searches for each of us and sees when God sees us, she sees a pearl of great price. And she sells everything. She gives up everything. Even her own beloved son to death. To redeem and save us. And make us that pearl that God has seen from the very beginning. So mark your calendars once more. Because poor twice in one year, this is going to be a Jeopardy question when I become the Pope, okay? (laughs) As Paul says, God is for us in a way that we cannot even imagine. Nothing, 
Nothing can keep us from God's love. And God calls us all into God's glorious kingdom through pain, through darkness, through oppression, through fear, through joy, through blessing, through glory. God calls us into God's glorious and loving kingdom. Did you understand all of that?